Welcome in to the first ever Big Red Louie podcast. My name is Presley Meyer. I'm alongside my co-host Jacob Blaine, and we have three of our contributors here with us along alongside us today. Just five guys eating some pizza rolls. What's going on, Jacob? How are we doing today? I'm, I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. I'm really excited to uh, get started into this and uh, having a lot of fun eating pizza rolls and drinking Bud Light. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to get right into it. So um, we're going to start it off today, kind of um, roundtable type situation. We're going to go around, uh, talk about first thing, or excuse me, uh, your, your name and the best thing that you learned today, or this week. This week, yeah. All right. So... I'll go first. So like Presley said, my name is Jacob, um, and Twitter handle is JacobLane underscore BRL. One thing I learned this week, I haven't been down on this campus, like at the actual campus in the last, I couldn't tell you, maybe four years, five years. And today I drove into an oddly placed roundabout, and I was reminded about how difficult going on roundabouts can be if you don't know where you're going or that there's a roundabout. And... uh, it, it's beautiful what they've done to this campus, like unbelievable from the last time that I was here. And um, I, I was really kind of excited as I came back in thinking about all the old times and all the memories at college. And then I got to that roundabout and it might have been the worst thing that happened this week. And this is the story about how Jacob wrecked his car today. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but, you know, as you come in, you've got like two lanes. One goes straight, one goes to the right, but they both go straight initially and then they kind of branch off and then oncoming traffic. So I might have been scared for a few minutes to try to figure out what was going on, but what I learned is that roundabouts suck. Put up on a Twitter poll, is Jacob scared of roundabouts? Is Jacob bad at roundabouts? Do roundabouts on a Twitter suck? Poll. How about that? We'll put that one up there, too. Do roundabouts <laughs> have suck. Reason to be Feelings Jake about roundabouts. roundabouts. Yeah. Put yeah. up on a Twitter poll. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ethan, my man. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Ethan Sprague, Thanks everyone. Thanks for having me on. UofL Villains. You've seen him in all of the promos. Every time, the blonde hair sticking out looking good. <laughs> UofL's e- golden child. Yeah, exactly. Ethan, tell us one thing you learned this week. One thing I learned this week, um, you can get a huge win with a crowd of two people <laughs> because Boston College was able to do that. I, You know, the, the whole thing with the Villains is you know, have a great atmosphere you know, be be the sixth man, um, and Boston College doesn't need that apparently. So yeah, I thought you were dropping in with something motivational there. You no. can start a crowd with two people. No, no, it's it's <laughs> turn it into three. Yeah, you know they're legitimately. I think their announced attendance was like fourteen thousand. And I'm like, where'd y'all hide the other ten? Because they yeah. clearly weren't sitting out there watching that game. Big things have small beginnings. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, Ross, welcome into the show, my man, Ross Pro on Twitter. Tell us one thing you learned this week, buddy. Hey man, uh, nice to be here. I'm really excited about uh, about the podcast here. Um, one thing I learned this week, uh, there were, I'm, I'm going to change it up a little bit already. Not really learned, reaffirmed. You can be a douche and still get paid a lot of money. Uh, Bryce Harper today, three hundred thirty million dollars. I mean, I know another douche that got paid a lot of money. Who would that be? Bobby Petrino. Ooh, <laughs> bold take coming out <laughs> strong. Oh, Just saying, get continue. Continue. Off I mean, go ahead. Think of how many Bobby Petrinos that Bryce Harper can buy, though. I would yeah. gladly sell him any as math many majors? Bobby Petrinos yeah. as he wants. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's uh, three hundred and thirty million dollars. Like, when is enough enough? I mean, come on. I guess Jeez. when you buy three hundred and thirty million dollars worth of Bobby Petrino. 
for pizza rolls. Yeah. Charlie, good time, Charlie. The most uh, famous Twitter man I've ever met in my entire life. I feel like I'm in the presence of a god right now. Uh, welcome into the show, buddy. It's great to be here. It's a huge oversell. Uh, complete huge oversell. Depending on who you are on Twitter, you might think the exact opposite. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, one thing I learned this week is you cannot junk a car in the state of Kentucky if you don't have the title. I learned that. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Continue. I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, had a uh, car blow up, engine blew up in the car. The junked it. Didn't know that process. But anyway, junked a car for the first time. They took the title. So I don't know what's going on with this car. I tried to junk it, and you got to have a title. So now i got to order a duplicate and see what happens. So you have a car that doesn't work and no title. Well, I don't have the car. Okay. Somebody's taking <laughs> okay. the car. You've got no car and no title. So essentially, it's not your car. <laughs> Put it on the Twitter poll. Did Charlie get owned? Yeah, somebody took yeah. the car and the title. Put it the up. answer is yes. Yes, that happened. So, oh, man. But Presley, it doesn't run. Presley, one thing you learned this week. I learned this week that Louisville does, no, does not any longer own the month of February. Rick Pitino notoriously was the best in the month of February. I don't know what his record was, but it was pretty solid. Uh, even in, in the down years, um, the cards, we got some head shakes in here. But it's true. Even in the down years, Rick Pitino knew how to get it done in February. I recall um, going in back back in the uh, the days when the Pitt Panthers were actually legit and not the worst team in the conference. And DeWan um, Blair. DeWan Blair when days. The, when he tossed the sheem the beat over his shoulder? Like yes. a rag doll? Yes. That? Those are Pitt's golden days. He was a monster. Um, but I remember even, what was it, like 2007, 2006 maybe, they went in there and we were like, had 10, 11 losses already on the season. But it's mid-February, a trick patino, and they went in there and beat like, what, the number two or three team on the road in one of the most hostile environments in the Big East. Um, that didn't happen this year. Um, the two wins are against what Ethan's got it up here on the wall. We got Virginia Tech and Clemson, and Clemson, and that one almost well, somehow. Yeah, um, and so, <laughs> Virginia Tech was a good win. And it was then a good, after that, great win, yeah. Clemson somehow, um, and yeah. so it's it's a little bit of a change of pace from from uh, from owning February for the last seventeen or eighteen years. Well, also to be fair, we probably have never played. Uh, UNC, one of the best Duke teams ever, one of the best Florida State teams they've had maybe ever. Fair. Uh, pretty good Syracuse team on the road, and then one of the best Virginia teams ever. Right. So, so, so let, hold on, let's, let's talk about this a little bit, right? So let's take a, a bigger glance at just kind of the season and everything that we know in the last four weeks and everything that we saw the previous however many back to November when the season started. We've gotten, I think, spoiled year one. We won a lot of games really early against really good teams. I shouldn't say a lot, but several of the, the several games that we won. Several surprising games. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Michigan State being the first. You almost beat Tennessee. You beat Marquette. I don't care what the score says. <laughs> now here you, you are. More points and lost. You've just, yeah. you've just lost to Duke, Virginia, and, and not even just lost to them, right? Most years, that's fine. You lose to Duke, you lose to Virginia, that's understandable. But the way you lose, you, you blow 33 points of leads in two games. You lose to Florida State before that. And now you lose to Boston College, who, since we've been in the ACC, being Louisville, probably the worst team overall. You lose to them on their home floor with two people there. Where, where are we? What should we be thinking about this season? Like, give, just somebody jump in and tell me, tell me what, um, what the last couple of weeks have kind of been for you as a fan and where you think this team is going. 
Uh, well, it's tough because at one point I would say that we're one of the 12 best teams in the country. Uh, we beat Michigan State fairly handily. Um, like you, I mean, you, you just broke it all down. Um, I mean, we looked like world beaters in that Duke game, and now we like struggled against Clemson, and we're in a battle against it what 500 record Boston College team yeah right and exactly so I I have no clue about this team anymore I was thinking sweet 16 most of the season and now I I'm not even sure what's gonna I don't even know if we're gonna win a game in the postseason anymore so or in the regular season I mean do oh, yeah. you think do you think the winning is done this year I mean that's an that's, honest it, it legitimate is. question to ask will Louisville win another game this year which is insane if you told me that what three weeks ago? Two, maybe. I would say you're insane. I mean, it's crazy to see right. how far this team has fallen. We wrote an article, I think, two days after the Duke game. I think it was. I think it might have been me. That was Louisville can beat any team in the country. Legitimately, we. I mean, we lost to Duke. Right, you lose to Duke. You beat them for 34 minutes. You now believe you can beat any team in the country, and then you follow Boston College. Like, it's just a fall, a far fall from grace. Is it there. fair to say that you could beat every team in the country and also lose to every team in the country? Because I think that that's kind of where they stand now. I mean, even you know they just just lost to one of the worst teams in the conference, coming off the heels of absolutely dominating for a half, probably the best team in the conference. So you know, is it possible to say that they could lose or win against any team? I think that's absolutely fair. Um, we've seen it. I mean, we had Duke on the ropes. We've had multiple teams on the ropes. But when we went to Syracuse, am I the only one very first possession that Louisville had the ball? I automatically knew that it was going to be a long night. Well, I read Charlie's good times, so I'm, I agreed with that immediately as soon as I, as soon as I saw it. You know, I mean, right. I, absolutely. So, I mean, Ross, what do you think? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, y'all, y'all know um, we we have a we have a text, you know, that we we talk amongst each other. Um, I've been really been running with uh, with the like comparison or analogy the past couple of days. Um, you know, I, I think that this team after Pitt loss on the road, this team found themselves. Mac did a really, really good job of using that as a teaching lesson. And this team really hit its peak after that. And we saw the best versions of them. Um, you know, we go and we get the just tremendous just dog walking of North Carolina at Chapel Hill at the Dean Dome. Who is now, maybe fair to say, in our power rankings, the number one team in the ACC. Could potentially be the number one team in the country overall. Could potentially win a national championship. And we absolutely went into their house for 40 minutes, completely destroyed them, never even in the conversation for winning that game. Right. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, some of that was them, but you have to give this team from what we're seeing now – you have to give that same team great credit for that North Carolina win at Chapel Hill because they never allowed Chapel Hill to get back in that game. They continued to put it on them and just put their foot on their neck and kept them out. Um, then you had the revenge game two weeks later at the Yum. North Carolina came in here. They obviously had motivation. Um, and I think they took some of this team's, you know, moxie a little bit i think they took a little bit of their thunder and um 
it, when they did that, I think things started to kind of downward, you know, fall, roll down a hill a little bit. We go into Florida State on the road, should have won that game. And uh, but hold on, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you forgot. I mean, you leave out the Virginia Tech game where they do go into Blacksburg, that game. and that's and not only did they do that, but that's a two day turnaround that they did that. Mm-hmm. They got smacked. That's the first time Chris Mack ever really called out their effort. Prior to, I think maybe he did a little bit against Kentucky subtly and then against Pitt when they lost the first time. But that was the first time now on the other side we've seen it like five weeks in a row where Mac lit into his team saying, oh, I don't think the effort was very good. Yeah. The first time really I thought in the, in the ACC uh, uh, conference play that he really did that. Um, you know, you're right. We go into Virginia Tech. They were a little bit handcuffed a little bit, if I remember, um, had a, a – Influential player. They're was, missing. They're missing their starting two guard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, right. Mean, Who hasn't played since, and now yeah. they're doing just fine. Right. Yes. So I mean, be Duke, right? Uh, right. Right. Without it, him. Yeah. Yeah. And they come. They they go to Florida State. They blow a lead. Um, to me, that was like if you if anybody's ever watched fighting or watched boxing, like the Florida State loss in overtime was like a like a I mean that was like a like a haymaker that put us on our heels a little bit. I think that started getting this team questioning themselves. They come out. They're I don't care what anybody says. This is a tough Cardinal team. They come out. They play Duke. Um, you know, Reese Davis was quoted as saying that you're not going to beat this Duke team. They're going to have to do something. I can't remember what his exact words are. There, you know that. It's not to say that they can't lose, is what he said, but you know they're going to have to like beat themselves a little bit. And after that Duke game for 32 minutes, it, that that assessment was wrong. A little laxed him. Yeah, we were doing absolutely everything against their will, and and then when Duke came back, they you got it. You give them credit. That's one of the best teams in the country when they're 100. percent that's a great team, so you, you expected that. Um, when they did that and they came back and they beat us, that, 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 that put this team out. That, that put them down on their, on their butts. And uh, we saw a falling Clemson. They just haven't found themselves. They haven't gotten off the mat yet. Yeah, and I, I don't like questioning effort, but absolutely I have a hard time questioning Chris Mack's decisions. I mean, you've seen – the game plan work over and over again. It's a lot of times the second half effort comes out a little bit flat, and there's times when the ball recently is just not going in the basket. I heard on the way in today, uh, leading up to the Duke game, I think we were shooting 46% from the floor, and now ever since we're right at 30, which is a drastic turn, you know, and and nobody's really stepping up and knocking the the shots down anymore. So, um I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. So here, the, one of the I things I've heard. Another one. Uh, it's all right. That sounded cool, though. I like yeah, the way that, that sounded cool. in the background. So the thing that has been a common thought among Cardinal fans, among maybe even some of the people nationally who have talked about Louisville, is Duke stole Louisville, essentially, right? So they took their, you know, they kind of space jammed them where they pulled their souls out. They and then took they took their cards. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, do you think there's any truth to that? Do you think losing that Duke game the way that they did broke this team, or do you think that there might be something deeper on where maybe they're not connecting with the message that Chris Mack is putting out anymore because they've lost so many games? What, what do you think about the, the whole Duke thought? Well, I, I was just looking at the schedule. I, I think 
this season, after every single loss, the team came out angry and determined, motivated, focused. Including Duke. Right. Yeah, when that Florida State loss happened, they came out determined, they were focused, like, all right, let's beat these fools. And then after they blew that Duke lead and lost that game, I think when they came into the Clemson game, that's the first time they ever came out just defeated and dejected. Um, and we're, we've seen that carryover. I, I think it finally – it was a straw that broke the camel's back. Um, just a little you know, a little, little something there for the – but um, and, and I think it, there's a lot of truth to that. I, I think when they, Chris Mack talks about how how this team is just not very mentally tough, and I mean they got exposed by Clemson. Uh, I mean, that they that crushed their spirits. I think. And, and we can't forget that Duke has the best college basketball player we've seen in a very long time, yeah. playing for them. Also, that's that's like the the number one Zion college. As I describe it, more that'll live on forever. The refrigerator with a fifty-inch vertical. Yeah, right. He, yeah. There's not a there's not a doubt in my mind that that is the best college basketball player. But he might. I mean, I little on the other side of LeBron. LeBron, two thousand three, two thousand two. I was, I don't know how old I was. I was what? How many years ago was that? Not good at math. Um, we were ten. All right, so I was ten. I don't. I remember a little bit, but not a lot. Zion is unreal, man. And the things that I saw in that Louisville game, him do, where he would be above the rim just off of a tiny little bounce under the goal. But also, more importantly, for me as a fan watching the way that Dwayne Sutton and Louisville took him out of the game, I know he had like 15 first-half points, but that was, my opinion, that was probably one of the worst games he's played as a college player, Bound and Louisville he, took him out. He man. wasn't dominating. He, no. was, he wasn't controlling the game. No, and we the, were. No team this season, I mean, I know that he's out. They've lost a couple of games with Duke, and I don't want to dive into Duke. But no one has been able to stop Zion, right? They might shut down R.J. Barrett. They might stop Cam Reddish. But, I mean, Louisville essentially took him out. And anything he was getting, he was getting it was because he was so much better than everybody else. So here, here's the mentality going into taking Zion out of the game. And it would bring me to ask the question as well. Did Zion more specifically kind of end Louisville's season? And here's why. So Ross just went into detail about how every time that Louisville got punched this year, they got taken out again, uh, or you know, you know, they, they they came back and they were able to, t- to take out the next team, right? So so essentially, each game you have a bounce back. Um, Florida State they kind of blew the lead at the end, um, in similar fashion blew the lead, lead in the end against Duke. My question would be, did they think that they had such an effective game plan that they completely disregarded what was coming back in the game with eight minutes left? You know, so all of a sudden they're waxing Duke, doing everything that they were supposed to do. Zion gets three fouls in the second half. Three fouls just in the second half, so four total. So all of a sudden, he comes back in the game. He's dominating. Did Zion Williamson effectively, as a player, completely take Louisville out as a contender in the ACC and maybe completely destroy their season, derail their season again? Like men, like, like like Ethan said, that's kind of a maybe a mentally weak take. Um, but but in the end, do, do you think that maybe one player effectively could have completely derailed the season? Um, I, I mean, my, you know, here, here's my thing. Like, yeah, Z- Zion's a monster. I don't think this, I don't think it's so much the, the fact that this team isn't tough. I do think that this is a tough Cardinal team. It may not be tough to Chris Mack standards, but this team to me, this is, this is my opinion. This team is not the smartest basketball team. Um, they went Explain. away. They went away from what was winning them that game. 
and they panicked. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what time it was that Zion got that fourth foul. What was it, 12 minutes left? They should have fouled him out shortly they after. They should have immediately. Yeah. It, that's, that's, like, that's like putting chum in the water, okay, with sharks. Like, you immediately should have started attacking Zion, getting, getting switches, uh, uh, going at him off the dribble, trying to make him – you, they should have gone after him. They should have fouled him out. And it was a, I think it was kind of a ticked off Zion as well. And, and there, there were a few instances where. Thanks, Ethan. Did, yeah, that, right, right. <laughs> so, when did Ethan did Ethan end the, end the season, season? Put it on the Twitter poll. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put it on now. Whoa, did there. Ethan Sproles end Louisville season? No, no, no. Okay. I will say that when he did get that fourth foul, he did go to the bench because I remember we were just giving it to him when he was going to the bench. But, um,. And that's that's when Cam Reddish started hitting threes. I don't think Zion won the game for that. I think it was Cam Reddish. And um, I think I think you're right, but threes. I think a part of it was that one. I think it was about nine minutes left. They were down by twenty, and R.J. Barrett hit that three from about that's twenty-five right. feet and got him down to seventeen. That's the moment when I was like, "All right, this game's over. We can't beat that." If they're hitting that, which they started to right in that point, what a chance that you're beating that. So, but I don't want to spend too much time being ESPN here, where yeah. we just worship it's Zion. Zion, right, Zion. No, I'm like, let's cut into the commercial break here to go to Zion getting dressed. Uh, <laughs> So, but here's the thing: you lose right now, right? Yeah. So you've lost five, six, five of the last six games, right? I think that's the statistic there. So you've lost to Florida State, Duke, Syracuse, Virginia, Boston College. What is what? If you're Chris Mack, what do you do right now? I wouldn't want to answer that either. It's it's tough. I I'm not really sure what more you can do. I I think it's I don't think it's up to Chris Mack. I, I think he's done a great job this season. Um, getting the guys ready, having great game plans, handling the star players of other teams. He's done a great job with that. Uh, I think he's done a great job ma- uh, managing the personalities on this team, uh, keeping their mentality right. Um, I think it's going to be up to the players um, to come together, to be tough, maybe a players-only meeting. I know that's like the most cliche thing in sports, but um, I-, I really don't know if there's much Matt can do. I know that's my – be the lazy answer for podcast or radio yeah no i i 100 agree would echo everything ethan said there um we saw the game plans work we saw them execute the game plans chris max not the one out there making the lazy passes or not making the pass when he should you know it's it's kind of on the players at this point to step up and and, and turn this thing around right i mean i think that the thing that we've repeated on on our site over and over and over again is that Chris Mack is a, quote, master motivator. And so what – I mean, if you're Chris Mack, they've been through – I mean, they went to the Elite Eight, right, and, right. and After had, had they six, lost six se- losses yeah, in a row. Six or seven of their last Which nine. Which is unheard lost, of. That's, and, he, and he talked about that – This he talked about that today in his press conference. He talked about having a team that lost so many games and end the way that their season did and still being able to bounce back. He mentioned that not having Edmund Sumner, who was kind of their Jordan War of that team, the guy who got all the points, uh, went out with injury. But I think you're right. Master motivator is kind of who he is. And at this point, you know, for this crop of players, not saying overall with Chris Mack, I, I start to worry about the mentality of these guys long term. If they can't kind of come to grips – with what's happened in the last few weeks where you lose so many games to such bad teams. Well, not bad teams, right, because you lost to Syracuse, you lost to Virginia. The way you lose to Boston College, you saw his reaction on the bench. You start to worry if guys can't accept that for what that is in their coach. Long term, you wonder if their fit here works. 
But what do you do now, right? Is is the season on life support? Is it over? What what do you do to kind of get the things going to even win? Can they win a game? That that's a big question. I think Notre Dame is completely winnable. Um, you just look at the rosters and the the track records this year. Um, Notre Dame seems to be playing really good right now. I watched them last night, and it was a little worrisome knowing that they're kind of coming in playing the best basketball they've played all year, and we're absolutely not. Um, so, and we've seen it happen before where we get on a run in the postseason. So that's not totally out of the out of the picture either. Um, I definitely think Notre Dame is winnable. I would love to see us go in and stick to a game plan and the effort be there against Virginia. And I think that game's – there's a reason we play the games. There's a reason why it's not just chalked up. So I think we absolutely can win a game. Whether or not we will, it's another story. Right. Um, you know, I, I I think that Notre Dame is hands down a, a winnable game. What you worry about is that the trend that we continue to keep seeing can, will continue Sunday um, with Notre Dame. You, you worry that Mike Bray's teams, Mike Bray's Notre Dame's teams are always tough. I've got a huge amount of respect for Mike Bray. He's one of the best coaches in the country. His teams, he, he works, he does more with less than almost any coach at a, at a major D1 level. Um, teams are always really well prepared. They're tough. They know how to pl- execute what he wants to do. Um, you worry that this Notre Dame team isn't going to go away and the cards are going to just kind of falter down the just stretch. Wilt, just like a like a flower. Man. Yeah, they just, just wilter. And um, it, 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 it is something psychological with this with the, with the team. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't think it, it's not that this team isn't tough. I just I think they're mentally just shook right now. They haven't got off the mat, and they're trying to find themselves. For all the motivation, motivator that Chris Mack is, he, him and this staff are very good at game planning. These guys need to go out there. They need to reach down. They need to find their fortitude, if you know what I mean. They gotta just. I mean, can I just say it? I mean, they gotta. They gotta sack up, and it's it's man. It's mano y mano. I like how you put that. that was yeah. good. I thought I you mean, were gonna it's, say it's, some it's, way worse than that. No, yeah, it's, sack, it's, up. It's sack, sack up. Sack up, fellas. I mean, like you, 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 you <laughs> That is a I mean, Chris how many mantra more times? Out the how many more times do you want to sit there and let a team? Eventually, you, you got to fight. You got to swing back, and that's something that this team had early in the season. They the Michigan State game in overtime. I mean, it's just like. You look at other games, the the Marquette game, the Tennessee game. This team was this team was the swing was the puncher, and now they're just taking punches right now. Right, and so I think the final thing that we'll say about basketball for day today, and I'll kind of finish with this is that, um, you know, I think Chris Mack didn't have necessarily, um, he didn't necessarily have the players that he wanted, and we we've been saying that over and over again that it's not Mack's guys, you know, it's Patino's guys. It's not built for Mack's system. Um, I think that he's found a way to make this season work. Um, it's, it's a team with talent, but maybe not a team that he's used to coaching. Um, but I think that mentally, maybe um, it's not the not the sort the type of team that would fit in his system well. Um, I think you need a lot of more Dwayne Suttons, and you have a lot of EJ Kings. Um, and so I, I think that not this again. It's not a knock against VJ King, but it's guys that are built 
to kind of wear down teams and kind of have an underdog mentality and and play that way, whereas Chris Mack's teams are coming out, throwing the first punch, and then they're ending up losing the fight. Um, and so, you know, basically speaking, speaking of mentality, um, I mean, w- with the first-year coach with Chris Mack, um, you know, Scott Satterfield came in. Um, he's kind of going to have to kind of do with the, deal with the same things. It's not his guys. It's not guys that are that are coming in um, that necessarily signed up to play for him. Um, we we saw we're seeing now. Um, we had our first guy kind of enter the transfer portal um, unofficially, you know, unconfirmed yet so far. But um, we have kind of. Um, we're we're going into the transition where you're finding guys that are we're going from Bobby's guys to Scott's guys, and so what you're going to have now is players that um, basically aren't able to you know they're they're not going to be a good fit to his system. Um, so going into the hiring with Scott Satterfield, we're going to have kind of maybe potentially going into the same thing next year. We're going to be playing a lot of talented teams. We're going to be playing you know we're we're going to have we're going to have a schedule where you know just getting to 500 might be. Um, a, a bit of a challenge. So I guess uh, I'll throw this one to Jacob as far as what do you think as far as the hiring with Scott Satterfield, what are your, kind of your expectations going into the season? How do you like um, the, the hire in, in general? Well, I mean, I, it's hard not to like Scott Satterfield when you hear him talk with that country accent. Man, we're going to get out there and we're going to play football, boys. After the last and a few bunch, years. bunch of assistant coaches with the same right. Kind of I mean, they, yeah, they saw they all sound like they grew up on the same like street together, like just doing the same things. But it, I mean, it's really hard not to like the hire when you hear how one how personally is. Which I mean, it feels nice to have a coach who you know has like a warm personality, and then. You see these 30-second videos and see, you know, these or hear these interviews with the players and just hear how they're talking about him and the coaching staff in general. And it is crazy to think that just four months ago, we're like, what? what is going on? Like, why does it feel like the players all right. hate the coaches? Why does it feel like the coaches all hate the players? So I love the hire. I, I can't wait to see, you know, what this team is going to do as far as effort and competitiveness on the field. Um, but you know, it's hard when you went, when you go from two and 10 to try to turn around and get five wins, it's hard to kind of make that turn around. I think that it's kind of like Chris Mack. You could, you see, he doesn't have his own players, but he can do it because of his coaching ability. Um, but I, you know, I don't know what to expect yet. Right. As far as expectations, I mean, do you guys think, um, as far as parallels maybe between Satterfield and Mack, um, what, what is, what is your all's kind of expectation as far as, is it fair to expect them expect Scott Satterfield to come in and kind of take a group of guys who, um, you know, definitely underperformed last season that definitely uh, didn't have the sort of coaching that that they signed up to to come in and play for? Um, what, what what are your expectations maybe coming in to next season? Um, is it fair to have that kind of Chris Mack type of expectation where we can kind of flip that switch? Turn it around in in year one, um, kind of kind of be playing at, at the same level as some of their competition, or is it going to be kind of you know a two to three year rebuild and we got to we need to wait and see um, people who can fit, fit their system. I know Ross is kind of you're kind of the resident football expert here. I so. think my man just got more excited for that to yes. talk about football than he has in anything. In he got more excited about football. Oh, we're talking than, about football. Than he did about deep fried hot pockets. <laughs> no, <laughs> hold on, that's pizza rolls, close. buddy. That's we're a close. Yeah, I'm sorry, pizza eating, rolls. They're, I'm sorry, they're mini. Hot we're not eating. Okay, that'd be something that's to fair. try though. That's hot fair. pockets, you deep fried. 
already all over that sun. next week on the Big Red Elite Podcast. <laughs> Ross, hot fries, hot yeah. pockets. I mean, if you can, I mean, you can fry almost anything, man. I'm just saying. But uh, man, so here's here's my thing. So football, it, it it is a lot harder than it is in basketball to spin a team in one year. Um, there's a lot more variables on the field at any given time, and you know you. You it you really it really takes a a, a a little bit longer to to put into play the culture that that you want. Um, that being said, the culture that Satterfield and this staff are building is very positive. Um, that the coaches have made some uh, comments about the talent on this team um actually about there is talent on this team uh they've been critical about the techniques and the coaching that they've received um so they're really kind of taking it to a base level and they're really going back to fundamentals um I, i that's where i was last year with this team this this football team has talent i don't care what anybody says the team's talented they just were not put in positions to win. They weren't lined up properly. Bad technique. Um, just was what it was. So that being said, I think that we could see something this year where the team comes out and is going to look a lot better. I don't know if that's going to result in wins. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough season. It's a very 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 hard schedule. All right, um, so let me ask let me ask this question real quick. So, the last few weeks, I'd say one of the things Louisville's sports in general has really gotten good at is putting out these short clips, right, of either guys talking, guys going through practice. You hear what the media is reporting when you are not even reporting. It's coming straight from the players. What do you guys, what kind of stock do you put in what you've heard from guys like Malik Cunningham, Colin Wilson, guys who are just so praiseful of this staff? Like what does that do for you in terms of thinking about the season? It makes me really excited um, when they when they just talk about how happy they are to, just to be there. It's it's pretty telling about what was going on last year because when when uh, Coach Matt got hired, you know, obviously the players were excited. They wanted to get the season started, but it wasn't this severe of a reaction of them talking about just how it's nice to walk into practice and actually want to be there i'm pretty sure like multiple players have been saying that right so does it make you more excited or concerned uh as far as concerned with um if the coaches are saying they're not doing anything special it's not mark stoops bringing an ice cream truck the (laughs) practice type situation it's more you know it's more of the coaches are just doing what they're used to doing and the players like oh my god this is great yeah. You know, what is what what is the more of the emotion going into the season? Obviously for the fans is excitement, but are we kind of concerned about, you know, how much it's going to take to kind of reshape and remold um this the the especially the defense. Um but re- reshape and remold what this team looks like. Um it, it, as far as, you know, they've been basically not coached up for 2 years under Peter Sermon and Brian Van Gorder on defense. Um, you know, we have concerns about, you know, Nick Petrino as the quarterback's coach. We have concerns with Lonnie Galloway not developing 
an incredible crop of wide receivers. Um, you know, th- th- there's lots of concerns with basically we, we went two full years with a, a bunch of, you know, really great guys um, that really never developed a- alongside Lamar Jackson. Um, it, so I guess that'd be my question for any of you guys is, is it more of a concern about what we're having to overcome or is it more of an excitement about, you know, the future of Louisville football is bright and this season might be kind of, you know, a, a four and four and eight type of season, five and seven type of season. And then net the next year we're getting this thing rolling. I mean, I, I think you just got to take, um, I, I'm going to sound, you, you're all going to roll your eyes, but literally take every game, like week by week, you're such a game coach. at a time. No, no, no. We no, gotta no, have seriously, this practice hard. Just, no, no, no. Because like it, it's yeah, gonna it's guys. gonna be a process. Like Ross said, it takes time to build a football program. Basketball, it's easy. You can just come in, bring in a recruiting class, and boom, like that. You can. I mean, that's Calipari did it at UK. Um, you just can't do that in football. Uh, and it, it's gonna take time. And I think we need to be excited about. It's gonna. This is gonna sound lame too, but just little wins, like recruit recruiting wins. Uh, seeing how hard the players are playing, because there were times last year where, I mean, literally, you could hear audible just, just people being just gasping and like rolling their eyes and just sitting down, like, come on, like, when we see the guy, they're gonna be out there playing for each other, playing for the coaches. They're they're gonna want to do their job right because they're depending on each other. There's more. It already seems like there's more of a of a brotherhood, um, and I mean, they, they talked about how they, they used to never eat together, like with the team, and now they are. Which is crazy to me. Which is, yeah. yeah we're doing a pizza, uh, a podcast, and a, a pizza cast. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we're we we're doing a podcast. Half of us never met each other before, and we're sitting here, you know, bonding over pizza rolls. And Bobby Petrino recruited he- these players to come to his university, and he never even. <laughs> He never even speaks oh, to half of them. We got ru- I'm sorry. So we got we have Jacob over here putting about six pizza rolls in his mouth between every break, and then we got Ross spilling spilling his beverage all over the floor. Look, man, it's not a true pizza cast if you're not spilling beer and eating a lot of pizza in the breaks. But it it really does. We were joking about it, but it does do a lot to to eat with your teammates, eat with your coaches. Absolutely. When you want, when you like the people that you're around, you you like the people that you're playing for. It, it does a lot. It, when you're going out on that field, and you're like, here we go again. Like, I mean, we we kind of saw, it. we all kind of saw it. We all were assuming what was going on. Yeah, we know that there's talent on the roster, like Ross said. So I think it would be silly of us to. Um, to expect too much from the team. I mean, we should learn from basketball, uh, even if they come out of the gate hot. You know, it's the first year. I'm I'm going to say it's going to be a good two to three years before Satterfield really has the, the train rolling at, at the expectations that this fan base expects it to be rolling at. Um, so if we go 500 next year, it'd be a huge win. Like Ethan said, you got to celebrate the, the small things. If – you know, I hate the uh, moral victory phrase, yeah. but there is, might be a time where you, you see the building blocks, and I think that's the foundation of a moral victory for sure. It, competitiveness, because right. that's the one thing last year where I, I felt like I came into every game with so much hope of like, all right, now they're going to get it. It's just like I do with basketball. We're not going to get it turned around, man. This is the game. Virginia, what do you mean we're going to lose this game? They get, they get down, and they get punched in the face, and then they quit. 
if we do not give up 21 points in the first quarter this year, that'll be a huge... That's funny, but it's true. It's true. Even if you do, right? So even if you do give up 21 points, I just don't want to see you quit. That's the vain order. That's when you're going to find out with this team, like how much they've come along, is when they go down 14 against Notre Dame, which, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they beat Notre Dame. But they go down 7, they go down 14. What happens... Hey, I just mentioned it, man. You got to at least have a little belief. But what happens when they get punched in the mouth that first time, that's when I think that you're going to see the true difference between a Bobby Petrino as a head coach and a Scott Scatterfield. What do you think, Ross? So, I mean, <clears throat> I shared with y'all video clip earlier um, of App State's game against Penn State last We're gonna year. We're going to get the microphones figured out. Episode two, Mike is going to be not so hot. Not so hot. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I sent y'all I sent you a clip earlier, you know, telling y'all to kind of watch – um, tell, the App why State don't you Penn tell the listener what that clip is? Because they so weren't it, in that it, chat room. It was the App State game last year against App, Penn State. Uh, there you go. Um, you know, Satterfield's team was really well prepared. They they took that game into overtime against Penn State in Happy Valley. They had um, the lead against a top 10 team yeah, with it, two it, minutes left in the game. Right. And, um, you know, an unfortunate throw in a double coverage cost, cost it for uh, Appalachian State to tie it in overtime, but that's a game, like, early in the season. Like, that's the type of things that you, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could think that this Cardinal team's more talented, per se, than any of those App State teams. It's how well do they... It's just like Chris Mack. Chris Mack doesn't have a team anywhere that could hold the talent of this Louisville team this year. Same with Satterfield. No matter what kind of talent he has at Appalachian State, doesn't compare to the talent at Louisville. It's how how compatible they are to the systems that they're trying to run on on both sides of the ball. And I will say, too, I I was encouraged about what I saw on special teams from App State. That's something that we've sorely been missing under Bobby Vitrino. 100%. Um... The special teams, it's been awful. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I am, when, I am an optimist when it comes to our Cardinal teams. Um, I I consider myself to be real, too, at the same time. First game of the year, there's a lot of things that can happen because nobody has any tape on anybody. So, I I mean. you just made the first great point of our show ever. Congratulations. Good job, Ross. Man, damn! I wish that was me. I'm super jealous. Beat Notre Dame, <laughs> bet the spread. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that we're gonna beat Notre Dame, <laughs> but I mean, I don't expect us to come out and, and and lay an egg. I really don't. Not for this staff. Not for these these players. For each other. Um, what I'm saying is that if you as a fan want to have something to hold on to, listen to what these players are saying. Read read what is being reported. Listen to the coaches. You know, you've got you've got players and things being reported that players are trying are finding ways to be around the facilities, whereas that was not the case last year. They're wanting to get better, and that is going to go a long way. Okay, so I'll give you that. That's great. I love all of that. I heard last year leading up to Alabama that we were going to win. I heard last year yeah, that I'm gonna, pass I believe gonna, we're going to be in Alabama. Yeah, right. And we're going to go into Alabama, and we're going to win. We practiced hard all week. We're ready to go. <laughs> I, I mean, I just – here's the thing. So, I, Coach Speak is great. I love it. I love listening to Brian Brown on with Mark Ennis. I love listening to Coach Satterfield on 790. I love listening to all of these coaches talk. 
But I've heard this same story. I sat right next to Peter Sermon one time, listening to him interview with Howie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm running through this brick wall, man. You you kidding me? You look like you're about to go out there and play yourself. The way he combed his mustache made us all believe. <laughs> Peter Sermon? What did I say? Did I say Brian Van Gorder? Oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking Brian Van Gorder. Because right. I, I was going to say, Peter Sermon, was a, he was a chiseled man. He didn't yeah. have a mustache. But my point being, Ethan, I don't know what, you, what your thoughts on this coach speak, right? It's so easy to buy in. What are your expectations overall? Um, it, it's tough. It, it really is tough to – I mean, I feel like when I look at the schedule – there, there can be six wins on there. We, we, we go into Miami, right? That, that's going to be tough. Right, but um, don't, but don't let anybody don't sell you on Miami. I'm not I sure, know, sure I don't they're going to be good. You yeah. know who we're talking at, to if you listen like, to this at DJ. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I mean, for years they're going to be saying this, this is the year Miami. The U's back. The U's back. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But anyway, um, I think we're going to see improvements. I don't, I don't think we're going to see, you know. A twenty-one nothing deficit in the first quarter. Uh, I agree. For three straight games, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see stuff like that. We're not going to see guys quitting. Um, were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, going into last season, right? If you look back at myself and, and Jacob um, as young, um, inexperienced. Um, Don't you dare say media. The word is bloggers. I was going to say writers. um, I'll give you that. Young, just, you know, foolish minded authors. I believe that Jacob's prediction for the season, and this was hot take ish, was 10 and 2. It was 10 and 2, but yours was 9 and 3. Mine was 9 and 3. Mine was 10 and 2. Mine was also 10 and 2. Okay, so so we have lots of 10 and 2s around here, and we were thinking if somehow we could get past Florida State and Clemson, that we could, this could be the year. And then they went ten and two, right? So, but two and ten. I'm sorry. You're right, so. though. But it, you, but what led us to think that? In my opinion, it's all of the interviews, all the coach speak, exactly. all the players exactly. praising the coaching staff. We didn't just we weren't at practice. We don't know what they were doing. We didn't go out there and say, you know what, man, Trey Smith is running the ball real good. I think we're beating Alabama. We heard what they said, and I feel like it's the same thing here. Not necessarily saying that I believe they're going to suck or that they're going to be great, but you can't let that influence how you feel because they could very well come out at Notre Dame I think and get you're, smacked. you're talking Ethan and underage drinking over here, by the way. Just look at <laughs> What do you mean we're not going to be great? What do you mean we're not going to go 10-2 this year? I think we there is a big difference, though, the head coach. There, there is a head coach that is a motivator that the players really believe in. Uh, I mean, look at there, that clip of uh, Satterfield talking. Uh, cl- look at they were closing up one of their practices. I mean, could you ever see Bobby saying – any of those things? I couldn't see Bobby saying anything that wasn't just practice hard, right? It was, right. That was, I think he's practice real that, hard. We're going to just go out there and give our best effort. And and I, I think we're going to have real leadership this year, too. I, I, I don't think we really had any last season. Okay, yeah, so that's was, a good point you bring up, Charlie. In terms of roster, in terms of players, where do they go for their star power? Where do they go for their leadership? Where, give me, just give me some guys, right? Just name me some names. I, I just like last season, think that there is plenty of talent on this roster, and I think that it starts at wide receiver again. Um, question's going to be who's throwing the ball to them. I, I don't know. But I think there's too much talent there to have such a down season like they had last year, uh, moving the ball in any way, much how, less through the air. How frustrating was it to watch Louisville bass or Louisville football last year, knowing that you had Jalen Smith, knowing you had Des Fitzpatrick, knowing you had Tutu Atwell. Knowing you they, had the other 46 yeah, right, wide receivers right, on the roster. Because right, I'm pretty sure half of their team is, is just wide receivers. So how, how do you feel when you see that, knowing that you don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball? It's, it's – 
exponentially frustrating. And, and I think that that's kind of brings up a good question, you know, as far as does Louisville football have a guy on the roster this year that can a run Scott Satterfield's offense effectively and B actually make some of these throws. So, you know, R- Ross brings up that, you know, we were all watching being football nerds and watching the, the app state Penn state game for the 15th I time. I didn't touch that clip. What do you mean? Don't, don't you class. Okay. I was being a football nerd. nerd this morning and watching <laughs> the app state Penn state game. And there was, there were a lot of throws that their quarterback Ross, I don't know if you if you uh, can recall the the quarterback's name. He's, he's missing. Uh, it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Zach Taylor is his name, and he's a true freshman. Zach Taylor was a true. I mean, freshman. Maybe he was a redshirt freshman. Uh, Zach Taylor Doesn't matter. Should transfer to Louisville because that man was making some incredible throws. I'm pretty so, sure my dude's best offer was probably Columbia. Like I mean, and well, that's if Zach Taylor was at Columbia right now, he'd be and he'd be first all team. You know, all first conference. Um, at, at Columbia next year, apparently. Yeah, right, yeah, you're right. Charlie, quarterback-wise, what are you excited for? What are you nervous about? Um, I'm nervous that we don't know. Um, I think that just goes right. back to how, how bad it was last season, that there's not that guy that everybody just automatically assumes can run any offense, regardless of who your head coach is. So it, it is a little nerve-wracking, but at the same time um, – when you're bringing in a brand new coach, this is like uh, his point guard. Um, this is going to be the guy that it's running through. So um, I, I don't know. I think Cunningham has had some praise for being smaller and quicker, but Puma's throwing the ball well. So who knows? Um, and I don't know a lot about the third kid, but I'm here. Everybody's getting. Do first you know team his reps. name? I do not know his name. Guess his name. I just want to. Let's play. get. Okay. Do you know what he looks like? I don't. Do you know, know nothing about? You don't this know man's. a thing about. Wait, wait, you don't know a single thing about about our third string quarterback. What's his, just guess. If you had to guess, just if you had to guess, guess don't say third string. Is yeah. Dean James. Dean. Okay. Hold on. Am I close? No, no, no. You it's, got you got uh, one, uh, one letter right in the first well, name. No, he okay. also got the yeah. amount of, the amount of letters in the first name, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this, this you guys, you might not know who we. <laughs> You might not know who we are. You don't know who we are. You're probably like, who are these five clowns? You guys, if you would just trust us and just tune in, you are in for a ride. It'll as long better. as Ross is around, we're in for a ride. But back, back, <laughs> Sorry. Back to what we're talking about. Ross, do you know the third string quarterback's name? He's not a third stringer. I don't know what we're saying. We that. don't know what string he is. Do you know the true we're, freshman we're, quarterback on Louisville's team that could play this year? Evan Conley. Hey! <laughs> You win a wet floor sign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we were an I got established that program, prize. if we were a program, we'd have times. we'd have some music for that. The for what you just got, Evan Conley, not Dean James. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> you were real. Cl- Is it an adult film star? <laughs> could be. Could be. Multiple award-winning adult film star, <laughs> Evan Conley. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> or Evan Connolly's just going to math class, trying to get an A. Dean James, is that you? <laughs> Dean James, can I have your autograph? Oh, man, so, I don't know who this James kid is, but he's tearing up Notre Dame. He's the one that's going to make those she, throws. That's I don't, I don't know said. if we can come back from this. But. <laughs> we need, we need someone to go to one of the open practices, and, and they'll be like, "Hey, who's that kid? Number number six? That's, that's Dean James. That there's Dean James right there. That boy's good. He, I can't believe they gave that kid a scholarship. I heard his best offer was from Columbia. Yeah, he wasn't going to go Appalachian State, but you know, he 
Satterfield brought him on down here. Dean James, man. All right, Watch so let me, let, me, let me pose this question. Close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes, but pretend that you're just kind of setting yourself in a moment, right? You put yourself in, in Cardinal Stadium, Notre Dame. I would imagine the game's going to be close to sold out because you got a new coach, brand new sense of hope. How does that game go? I know we're 25 months from that. I don't know how many months. Well, first I'm, of all, there's going to be – I'm terrible at counting months if you can't tell. I think I've asked that question 12 times. What month was that? Uh, first of all, when, I, when I'm thinking about this game, there's going to be the uh, the three-stripe end zone is going to be covered with green. And the, it, um, I, with yeah. Notre Dame fans? I was going to say you might not have so much rain in the stadium that you might actually have some fans there. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. So that, that could be – Did we first. ever see that fully sat – no, never. And it looks weird, why you never right? See, you don't see any players when they get offers from UofL posting pictures of Cardinal Stadium from 2018 because there was like – As many people as at I Boston Jacob College and I were one of like four people in the, in the three-stripe zone in, in, during the first game. You know, we could just go sit in the lower level if we wanted to. No, it's, we're in the street three-stripe zone, okay? We support Adidas until right. they give us the uniforms that we only lose in. But that's a different Enough clownery. Notre Dame. Let's let's just do this rapid fire. We're doing game predictions right yeah, we're now. Doing right it. now, we're going to be the podcast that rolls out game predictions six months ahead we're of time. So much it. crap. We're, no, they're going to love us. Like, ah, I'm on All board. Right. All right, Jacob, you uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to. If I had to guess a score and a prediction based off of thirty and seconds, let's clips. go leading rusher because okay. we don't know the ba- I, based I off a, the Brian Brown hype video, thirty seconds long. How much do you think the defense is going to give up? I think they're going to give up about four yards. Right, so yeah. in, in book, and that their quarterback's name. No, in all seriousness, if I if I just had to take an early prediction, I'd say Louisville loses by fourteen, but I think it's competitive, and I think that that's what matters. Call me the the annoying fan. Call me the whatever you want to call me. I don't care. People call me a lot of things. Even if you're within fourteen, I think it's a win because you've played one of the. They're going to be top five team in the country next year. You've played them well. You've proven that you're not going to get beat 51 to 14. That's a win. So a, a competitive 14. So we're talking like, did I just hear 28 14? Sure, you? whatever you want to, whatever you want to call. And then leading rusher. All right. Yes. Book it. Leading would, rusher. Do it. Go for it. I, there's 40 running backs, and I can't remember one. Hassan Hall. He'll go for 47 yards. 47. Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. That's a Bobby Petrino number. He'll go for about I hope 137. Never listens to our podcast, or at least, at least <laughs> he will not, not be happy. Podcast. <laughs> Or I hope he doesn't live on the second floor of car town. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Sproles, what's your prediction? Uh, I got to agree with Jacob. I, I don't think it's going to be like 65 to like 7, like most of the <laughs> But uh, Wasn't I, that a lot of fun? That was a great time. Um, and what? It, was, this, was that Clemson? It was, what do I'm you mean sorry. it was Georgia I, Tech, too? Remember we almost gave away about 700,000 well, <laughs> season tickets? <laughs> Just a disclaimer: I do not run the Twitter account. So keep going, Ethan. Let's bounce um, off of that. In case our lawyers ever listen to this, I, I could see like a. I could see a win if everything goes perfect and somehow the the whole team adjusts to the system really well and. And Dean James lights up that Notre Dame defense. Um, <laughs> He's gonna stick it to him. I'm not. <laughs> This is not a win He's prediction. He's going though. deep, fellas. <laughs> I, I could see like a 17, 14 point loss competitive. We could maybe even lead at one point, run the kickoff, run the opening kickoff back for I, a touchdown. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know. That'd be great. Ross, 30 seconds or less. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna James <laughs> I'm gonna go, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go higher scoring. Um 
I really like this Satterfield offense. I think it really depends on the O-line. Um, if Coach Ledford can get that O-line where he, he needs it to be um, early on, uh, this this offense is going to move. Coach Satterfield is a good in-game play caller. Um so is I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Game play caller though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. He eats at Buffalo Wild Wings and not a Roosters. Yeah, let's take this to overtime, folks. Uh, anyways, no, I, I you know I think the score could be something like, mm, you know, like I really think it could be something like a a 28, um, 38, something like that. 38, 28, Notre Dame. Um, I, like I, I, I like I like ten points. Um, I've got a sleeper who I based on Appalachian State who I liked who I they're running back Javian Hawkins. Nobody's talking about this guy. Tell him Javian Hawkins. I don't think most fans even know who that is. Yeah, he he he. Uh, what number is he? Let's start with how him. tall is he? Ten, I think he's nine or ten. Ten number. feet tall. He's ten feet tall. No, he's 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 about five runs, nine. Runs a four flat. He's five nine, but he's running in the four threes. Um, very shifty. He is going to. I, I like Hassan Hall. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they're both gonna. I, but I like Javian Hawkins. I think that, and, may, and maybe he doesn't line up solely at running back, but Coach Satterfield is going to use this guy, and you're hearing that here first. Javian Hawkins is going to get work this year. Charlie, break some other news. I think the day. The atmosphere is going to be amazing. If there's anything we can do is get excited for the hope that's coming, and we'll we'll get excited. And the tailgating is going to be a blast. Um, I think they give us a reason to leave um, expecting good things. Um, I'm kind of on par with everybody else, probably a 14. Definitely a two-score two win for Notre Dame. But I think that the team is impressive, and I think we see Day Williams uh, come back strong. Dave Williams. That's I like it. Strong take. Strong, strong take. I'm going to go 47-29 Notre Dame. And the reason, I don't know why, I just, I'm feeling 47-29. It's like the game's next week. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I feel like it. Because if you're not the podcast predicting scores five months out, however We're going to be the ones to do it. Let's just do it all. Let's Next next episode, let's go into the Eastern Kentucky game. We'll dive deep into that, what we think. Early top 25 for basketball for next yeah, season. Yeah, for, for two seasons from now. All right, so let's do this. We've got about, uh, I don't know, we can record however long we want, but let's let's jump into our last segment. We're going to make this a weekly thing, eventually, or bi-weekly, whenever we decide we're going to do this. Um, we're going to do this a lot. We're going to talk about some, some highly opinionated uh, facts. Well, that's that's not a thing. Not a highly opinionated fact. Highly opinionated statements in a segment called Take It or Leave It. Take the, it or leave it. That was the intro. That, I like that. that I think good. that's got to say the same every yeah. time. So what we're going to do here, guys, is we're going to read a, a little uh, little thing here, and you guys are going to tell us if you're going to take it or leave it and why. 20 seconds or less. 20 seconds take or less. Take it or Ross. leave it. That's you, buddy. We'll start with you. Louisville basketball will lose both of its final two games. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it. Ooh. Bad fan. Ooh. Bad fan. Optimistic Ross. Not even showing up to the last two games. Why not? Why, why not? Why run up? Whoa. I'm a I'm a oldest villain that there is in the arena. I'm just gonna say. I don't know. Papa John might be there, so no. Let's get that Camaro out here. Ethan, if you ever let that dude in your not, oh, section, he's man. Not allowed. Not allowed. 
All right, so Ethan, or I'm, I'm sorry, wow, Ross is uh, going over to the last two games. 0-2. 0-2. Charlie? No, we're beating Notre Dame on senior night for sure, and it'll be competitive with Virginia. Jacob? I think they I think they are going to lose in Notre Dame and beat Virginia. I, I see that last game on the wow. road being a game where they, they – I think that – the way I see it playing out, call me crazy, I think that they get that game to be the one where they start clicking a little bit. Wow. I mean, I, I could see it happening. The likelihood of it happening yeah, I no, think it's is less than 20% in Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and leave it. I'm going to say we beat Notre Dame. I'm going to say Louisville beats Notre Dame. I'm going to say they, they lose to Virginia. They're going to have a first-half lead. They're going to lose to Virginia by eight points. Ethan. Leave it. Did you see Chris Mack's postgame? He's not letting them lose. But did you see Chris Mack's postgame the game before? I don't, that <laughs> was he said the, basically the same thing. <laughs> that was a different <laughs> – hey, They didn't lose. I, well, they didn't lose that one, I guess. Yeah. Just, just, just run with it. Trust me. He's not letting them lose the last two games. Number two. That's my reason. I need you before every question to sing the song, though. It's the best. It's the best part of that. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Puma Pass will be the starting quarterback against Notre Dame. Charlie, I'm gonna leave it. Leave it. I think it's gonna be Malik. Do you, I thought you were gonna say Dean James. Well, no, <laughs> Dean, it'll be hard fall, but Dean James will be. He'll be there in the end. He'll Dean James going four yards first game. Ross Puma Pass will be the starting quarterback against Notre Dame. Man, that Dean James. Uh. It's. It, I don't think it's going to be Puma. Uh, I really think it's going to be Malik. Ethan? E. Take it. I'm taking it as well. I think Puma Pass will be the starting quarterback. I. Uh, I. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take it. And I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. One, I'm gonna ask a quick question. Yes or no answer. No more words than yes or no. Puma Pass gets pulled before the end of the season as a starting quarterback. Charlie. No. Ross. Yes. Ethan. Yes. Yes. God, that poor boy. My God. Puma. I'm sorry. I hope you don't live at Cartel and, and, either. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this out here. Next episode, we're gonna do a better job of this. We're no longer calling him Puma. I can't do it. It's Juwan. It's one Pass. thing to type it. It's another thing to say it. I feel weird. Take I it or leave it. To- Take it or leave it. If Puma Pass, excuse me. If Juwan Pass starts the first two games next year, we switch back to Puma. I no, take, I think take I, it. If take it. I'll take, I'll take it. That means he plays well. Against that means Notre he's going to play well. Yeah, take it. I don't. I'm I taking it. Don't remember the question, but <laughs> I'm going to take it. <laughs> question number three: Chris Mack will still win Coach of the Year in the ACC amidst the card struggles recently. Presley, I'm going to leave it. Take it. Who else wins it? That's a great question. I don't think there's somebody else. Ross, the only one that could really take it from him would be uh, Coach K. Um, no, I think Tony Bennett could take it. I do. Uh, I think nah, I could coach man. that Duke team, though. Yeah, I yeah, really it's do. All, He's got it, the it's monster. Fresh, it's four freshmen. Like, nobody's done this since. If like, Coach K wins it, then it's a glorified best recruiter of the year. Yeah, he should never it's win not, that award. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take it. Coach uh, Coach Mack's going to win it. Yeah, I'll take it. Coach Mack wins? Mack wins. All right. Louisville football will win more than four games in 2019. I haven't answered one of these questions yet. Jacob, what's I'm your gonna, answer to the first three questions? And don't say, don't remind the audience what they were. Just say, take it or leave for each one. Go. Uh, take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, question That's four. what she said. <laughs> Louisville football will win more than four games. Ethan, go. Take it. Ross. Oh, definitely take. Uh, I'm going to take it. 
I'm gonna take it, but it's gonna be close. I think it. I think it could easily be three, and I can think. Be, I could also see it being five. Presley, take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I to take a break. Too. I, know, I don't know what's happening. We're sorry. we are falling apart at the seams sorry. right now, man. Sorry, I'm so. All right. Sorry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you've made it this far, God bless I you. I apologize. <laughs> For the hour and however many minutes that you have sat through this nonsense, but we are thankful that you are tuning in. We hope that you Extremely. will continue to tune in. Uh, this is just the beginning, boys. Each week, each other week, whatever. I keep I, I, the dates of life are hard for me. I can't tell. We're gonna have different people here. You're gonna get to know some different folks. I'm, we're hoping you'll read what what these guys are pumping out. Uh, the time that they're putting in is. is just amazing so i hope you guys will continue to listen hope that you will continue to enjoy what we do and we will see you next time